0: what up everybody welcome to the ieg thursday thing this thing that we do every thursday where we just kind of hang out chat about some random topics sometimes we have people on sometimes we just complain about things um sometimes we make fun of people with mclarens who come in here and try to uh try to show off um this is recorded every week on our discord and uh it is, it is, uh, an open platform. So when we do this, it's every week on Thursday at, uh, at, at 4 PM Eastern time. So whatever your time is between there, but 4 PM Eastern time is when we record these and, um, it's, it's using a, a stage platform. So you have the ability to raise your hand. And if you want to come up on stage and talk, you can, and, you know, you got a question you want to ask on stage, you want to debate something, you don't agree with something I said, you're able to do that, um, which is one of the cool things about this platform. It is recorded, and then we put it up on, uh, on our Spotify, which is also getting bounced all over the place. Spotify, it's on Google, whatever that is, and we will have Apple up soon. I am sorry. Um, and and it, then it's it's in podcast form. So this is an it's recorded live, but it is recorded. So then you can you can listen to it later. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, but we get a lot of the same live people in here, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, we got a bunch of the regulars in here again today. As we usually do, and I, I absolutely love our regulars. Um, so it is November, and everybody's already starting to gear up for uh Black Friday and all the insanity. Um Thanksgiving's coming and then it's nuts. This is a really crazy time to be in retail or anything. Um it we are doing a lot with uh with kind of an early bird sale thing going on. I really don't like using this as a sales platform, but man, if you're trying to save some money on good parts, it, it right this is the time you need to start talking to people and getting stuff done. So if you've been saving your pennies, waiting for the right time, the right time's now. Um, call me, call James, email into the IEG, whatever, and you will get to the right person. Um. So, either way, this week's topic, because unfortunately, I had I had a really good guest lined up, and I'm really sad he couldn't be on. Um, But it just wasn't working out because it is a crazy time of the year. Crazy time of the year. Um, Had a great guest lined up, but we'll we'll work on getting him on later. So this week's topic is something I've actually kind of wanted to talk slash rant about for a little while. And it is, should you buy a new car with all sorts of new tech and new advancements and awesome stuff? Or... Should you modify an older car, and, and with the older car, how far back should you go? So there is a it. it some of this is going to depend on um, your personal preferences and what you want out of things, um, and it'll it'll that will really determine how far back you'd want to go, or if you'd want to buy a new one altogether.
1: Um.
0: Okay, you know what? I need to answer this real fast. Jordan, so one of the things we have up right now is a, we have a short block that we have some like misfit short blocks. And some of these are, are old stage four toughs, but they are overboard. Um, I'm hoping somebody will answer this question. But if not, long story short, that block has a 99.85 piston in it. That's already assembled, Jordan. It's ready to go that it's that is a custom piston so (laughs) yes (laughs) oh man the chat i tell you what you guys who are listening uh on podcast i highly recommend you try to uh get in on one of these live because the chat's really funny the memes are 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 great um either way (laughs) oh that's too funny uh so, either way, now we're going back. Um, we're the, the topic is mod an old car, you know, versus buy a new car. And there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, and it really depends, one, on what you're doing with the car, uh, and two, what your goals are for the car in the long term. So, um, And if you own the car already or not, what is your car worth if you were to try to trade it in or get rid of it? Things of that nature. So, um, I've, I've lived on both sides of this debate. Uh, I personally race what would be considered an old car. I mean, at this point I have classic tags on it. (laughs) Yes, Beth. (laughs) Um, I uh, I I race a car that I I put classic tags on. Um, you know the 1995 Subaru Impreza L, known as Boogeyman. The thing is old and busted. Um, but there is some advantages to old and busted. Um, now that car is a full out race car. Okay, um, and with a full out race car, you're a lot more willing if you're doing full out race car stuff. Um, to do full out race car things with your old car. Um, I have absolutely no problems with poking holes with a drill, hitting it with a hammer, cutting things, um, slapping things on it that may not be the most aesthetically pleasing, but I know it will help the car go faster. These are all things that with an older car, you're really not worried about, but there's some other advantages too. Um, most of the time, most of the time, older cars are just lighter. Uh, they didn't have to make a lot of provisions, especially in the nineties, the eighties, things like that for things like, you know, pedestrian crash standards. So that, that's one of the biggest reasons in the like 2010s or so, the fronts of vehicles got so much larger. A lot of it had to do with pedestrian crash standards. Um, So the frontal area of these vehicles got massive. There's no way you could build a uh, an older, let's say FDRX-7 or a Supra or even to a, a certain degree, some like Corvettes and things of that nature. A lot of them, you can't do them anymore because of frontal pedestrian crash standards. They're worried you're going to, they they want you to run into somebody and then bounce off and go forward instead of rolling over the top or going under, which I don't know. I If I got ran into, I think I'd want to roll over the top, but I don't know. Somebody smarter than me has has uh, determined that is the correct way to do this. Um, but also you're your bumpers have changed, um, airbag sensors, um, crumple zones for, for impacts, how cars are, are you know, even just structural rigidity is, has changed. Now, it doesn't mean all of this stuff is bad. One of the things I just brought up was structural rigidity. As you get newer and newer in the chassis, the structural rigidity of newer vehicles compared to something in like the 90s, let's take my GC, for example, it's not even comparable. If you take a VA or the new VB and compare it to my old GC, I, I drive a frickin' noodle compared to <laughs> these vehicles, okay? And that matters when you're trying to tune suspension. Um, It matters in handling. It matters in what the inside of that car sounds like. It matters when you close the door and how it, it has a nice, confident funk versus you know it sound like a creaky pile of turd. Um you know there's it there's there are advantages to new vehicles.
1: Um and then there's it, you
0: it, it really depends on the vehicle and what you're trying to do too. Again there's some of this stuff is is you know for somebody like me who who's really into race cars or just the driving experience or whatever I don't care if I have a backup camera. I'm, I grew up in a time where you had to look backwards. You know, I really don't care if, uh, you know, I, I have Apple CarPlay. Um, I don't need five USB ports, you know, um, honestly, interior quality means a little less to me than, uh, like, just the the actual feel and and everything being in the correct spot but um you can really tell when you hop like i hop into r22 wrx and drove that around a little bit the whole time i'm driving that car i'm going man this would make a great daily this would make a great daily And the WRX, the new, you know, VB chassis, kind of falls into what I'm going to call the in-between category of it's not really new hotness because it's really the same basic concept. Gasoline, turbo four-cylinder up front, manual transmission, three pedals. You know, it doesn't even really have fancy differentials or anything. It's got pretty basic brakes. Pretty straightforward. that there's there is some new you know direct injection. That new 2.4 liter is really good. You can make a whole lot of power on that with just bolting some stuff on. But it it's got a lot of the flavor from the old cars. But then you go look at something like I uh, the the thumbnail picture I had for this week. You go look at something like uh, another car that I I race against, and that's Cal's AMG GT, and Cal's AMG GT. That's a unit, man. Um, not only, it's, it's a Mercedes, so the interior is nice, but it's a very modern Mercedes, so it's really nice. Um, it's, it's got this amazing V8 engine with a couple of turbochargers on it. It makes loads of torque. It's got an extremely fancy differential. It's got a fancy transmission that just does exactly what you want it to do. It's freakishly aerodynamic. Um, there's and it's it it is designed from the factory to do everything right, but one of the downsides to that is it takes a lot of electric, uh, electronic stuff, and a lot of nannies are put in place. And there's a lot of things to make that car work as well as it does right out of the box. That when you start to do things that aren't in that box, it can start fighting you. So, like I said, Cal's car is ludicrously fast, um and a lot of the stuff that is kind of a pain in the ass to figure out on a boxy old nineties turd box like like I'm running around with make cal's car it, that that all just came factory figured out on Cal's car so um, I was hoping Kanakry oh, he is in
1: here, so Conakry's still in here too um. I mean,
0: you, this is one of the things I really like about street modified as a class, because you kind of see the, it's, it's very hard to go get an extremely nice car and use it for everything it's worth because it's very limiting to what you can even put into street modified. Um, so it makes this weird. You have to build a car for street modified to make it work. Um, Ken Akry, um Jason, uh, who is in the chat right now, he's uh, he's big into McLarens, and he's had two of them. He actually brought—I uh, I am not good on McLaren models. He brought one of the lesser ones and managed to shove it into street modified, and it was actually doing pretty well. And I think if he would have developed that more, it would have did um, it would have did great. The oh, he just typed in there 600 LT. I think that that car actually could have been. Pretty devastating within class. But it's also a McLaren. I have a hard time believing. I'm sure he would back this up. For him to start running the times that, like Boogie was running, he was gonna have to start getting real serious. Okay. He was gonna have to, he was gonna have to start cutting things. He was gonna have to find weight. He was gonna have to do arrow. And you're gonna have a hard time hacking up a McLaren to do that. So he's also got a 720S. And that is his, uh, that's his,
1: his rocket ship, um,
0: at Lime Rock and Harton last year in Street Mon. Oh, okay. Well, how many, you're thinking about the new build rather than the ship box. So, so either way, um he's what he did is he did what a lot of guys do with the exotic cars and they go to track mod which is set up for bigger tires and things like that now i know i'm going very grid life with this and i tend to do that a lot on this show and i'm sorry um but fitting a car into the class that i run is kind of a pain in the ass but i tell you what given the choice between owning buggy and owning that mclaren I I I am diehard Subaru, but I'm gonna have a very hard time not hopping in that McLaren, folks. That does everything right. Okay, Jason hasn't had to do hardly anything to those cars to make them work well. He's just had to drive better. Um, and it's it is, and he's done it. You know, he he won a track mod championship this year with that. And but going back to this. If you're building a street car, a race car, Jason's situation is on a far extreme. It's why I try to bring up, like, I don't know what the retail on either of those cars are, but they're well north of $100,000. They're very expensive cars. Slightly less crazy is Cal's AMG GT, which is right around 100 k but to build something on, as far as race car stuff, to the level of, like, Boogie you're gonna you're gonna end up spending in that ballpark if especially if you're not doing the work yourself if you're paying a shop or something to build this car for you, you're gonna have almost all that same amount of work in there. you gotta start asking yourself, does it make sense? Cal is getting really close, but the reason Cal isn't beating boogie right now is it really comes down to a, a one simple thing. And this is something that I really think a lot of people, they neglect to realize with modded old cars versus new technology. And that is modded old cars, as long as you're using a vehicle that has some sort of aftermarket support to it, usually has many, many, many years of development behind it. Um, other people have, you have an information database to fall back on that you can, you can get all sorts of info, learn how to fix all sorts of things on the car and anything that the car does wrong for the most part, you can probably, there either is a part that exists to fix it or a fix that exists to fix it. There is a way to fix it with new cars. You're learning all sorts of stuff. And that's one of the things that, like, Cal's having problems with right now. at You know, and Jackie, he had the same things. All these growing pains of uh, going through modifying a new car. This is the same stuff that guys on the street are having problems trying to get. They just recently were able to tune the new C8 Corvette. I mean, one of the advantages of... of this many years of development on an old car is you buy yourself a a, an STI you can tune that thing right now like there's a beaten path to a thousand wheel horsepower you know and and that doesn't really exist with some of the modern hotness not that it won't exist it just might
1: not right away so
0: going back into let's talk about weight um, another big advantage is just flat out that older cars tended to be lighter. If you look at the basic size of an older vehicle, um, like look at, I, I used to think, um, uh, GD chassis Imprezas. So 02 to 07, uh, Imprezas. I thought they were large. And at, when you were comparing them to nineties Hondas, because that's what was showing up in the parking lots at the time, they kind of were. But if you park a a bug eye next to like a a newer Civic Type R now, it looks tiny. It is straight up a compact car now. Um, it's it's really wild when you start looking at things like that. Um, going back, well, Conakry there you go, four hundred forty k and two hundred ninety eight k for the six lt Lots of money into that. Okay, so lots of money into that um
1: yeah
0: dylan um sorry i'm getting i'm catching up on chat right now um real quick um so look, look i want to catch up if anybody wants to raise their hand and hop on stage and argue with me i'm totally down for this too that includes you jason <laughs> um um yeah so four hundred forty k for the seven hundred twenty or the seven twenty s and uh two hundred ninety eight k for the six hundred l t man that actually is kind of a bargain if you think about how much the six hundred l t is going to the four uh the the seven twenty s and how much faster you went that's uh and again it, Boogie's got its, one person down here put, and I didn't see where, oh, it was Beth. Boogie has personality, though, and it does, and I want to, there's, there's, that's another thing about modifying a car, especially an older car, and not being afraid to hack the shit out of it, is that car is going to have its own personality, but, I mean, it, it ain't a McLaren. (laughs) It just ain't. (laughs) <laughs> and no amount of money into boogie's gonna make it a McLaren, okay? Um, Josh, I'm over 100k and mine can't get it off the jack stands. That's that tends to happen with a lot of these big builds, um, and you got to watch out. It's a very slippery slope. I'll be the first one to tell you. But when it's done, Josh, you're going to have McLaren-like performance. Um, you know, but you're you're gonna have. I, I, Josh, or sorry, uh, Jason Canackery with the McLaren can't even, even go out and say that, well, you're not going to have McLaren like reliability because he's had his own issues too. Um, I, I honestly think that we're not too far off of each other at this point. Um, um, when I want to pop here and listen to Eric, I'll come back and argue later. Hey, I'm down. If you can come back on, um, I am super down. What is it? Uh, kind of want to buy a 570 GT4 and detune it for GLTC. Could you detune that enough for GLTC? That would be pretty sweet. Um,
1: going to build out, bought a whole
0: different world. Yeah. Uh, there's no matter what, when you're building a race car, there's going to be some, there's going to be a build to it. Even if you do buy a very nice one, <laughs> that's how it is. Um, Turning a streetcar into a race car is always going to have some of that in there. And everybody's going to have their own weird approach. But then you have like the streetcar conversation. And this is where this gets even murkier. What you want out of a streetcar can really depend on it, what makes sense and what doesn't. Especially when, you know, newer streetcars you can make. Let's Let's take the new let's let's take the new WRX for example. I mean, you can get a a bottom one for about 35 grand and with basic stage 2 parts make basically 400 with that. That is uh that's rowdy. That is an absolutely rowdy setup and 400 of the wheels right out of the gate. If you get an older STI to make 400 wheel right now to buy an STI you're going to spend 25 to 30 grand for something that's fairly nice and semi-modern. And then you're going to put another 10 grand, you know, realistically, to make a reliable 400 wheel. And if you you know you add that up, they're they're pretty close, but one's a new car and one's not. Tough. Can I agree. That's the answer posted up an old, uh, Omni GLH, um, old Turbo Omni, that's, that's the answer, I don't know why you ain't doing that already,
1: so, 32 MSRP, uh, 30k, if you're lucky, which is happening, um, well, there you go,
0: so, I mean, so we got some other people in the chat here right now, too. Kyle McHugh's is a perfect example. Um, he he is actually like, let's call it generation two of the... Uh, he's probably at the peak of generation two of the the super guys who came through. Jackie did a lot of R&D for the guys who came through the generation after him for the new super guys. And... Uh, Man, Jackie fought all sorts of stuff. Like, he could only do one lap before the ECU would freak out. He had to buy a really crazy snap-on uh, thing for, like, figuring out codes and clearing them and stuff. And it took a while to get it sorted out. But I tell you what, and we were all like, man, this is just a disaster. I think at one point he even thought it was a disaster. We we thought he was never going to get that thing together. And then when he did, he started crapping on everybody. I mean, it uh, and that car just turned... Hammer reliable. Absolutely hammer reliable. So there is, there's advantages and disadvantages to new and old vehicles. But man, if you're, you're on the bleeding edge, that could be rough. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting, I started looking up stats on because I was just, I was kind of wondering. Um, a 2020 STI um, curb weight is 32.94. Okay. This is, a lot of people think STIs are freakishly heavy. They're not. Thirty-two ninety-four. That's a fairly large car, too. A twenty twenty-four GR Supra, um, with uh with the six cylinder, which is really the only one you want, um. So properly put together, is thirty four hundred pounds. Again, that is there's these cars are actually really similar in time frame, and because the Supra is is what you would call a very modern car, definitely on the modern spec, not one of those like weird hybrids like the STI would be where it's got modern stuff, but it's honestly, it's hard to even call an STI modern. That engine's from the nineties. Um, You know, you're rowing your own gears. That, that is it. it, Nothing has really changed in that car since 08. So we're going to call that like, it's almost classic just with some modern touches it really leans towards almost classic car even though the car came out in 2020 um or it stopped coming out in 2020 um the supra is a lot like a lot of um uh, these newer modern cars which are just ridiculous on track or ridiculous as street cars they're super nice um they're heavy and with weight means you you, you see these cars and you're like wow they make so much damn horsepower that's insane you know, for what you pay for it. But then you also have to realize it's going to have to carry around an extra 200 pounds. And, yep, what, what Kung Fu just said in the chat, the Supra is considered light to modern cars. So, like, let's, since we're on the super topic and we're talking about Jackie, what is his M2 competition
1: curb weight? No, M2. The the new that I don't even think that's the right car. it's not the that's an old one. The old M2 competition weighed thirty six hundred pounds. I don't know what the new one weighs. Uh, twenty twenty three. BMW M2. I'm just going to type in BMW
0: M2 carboy. Yes, 3,800 pounds. 3,800 pounds. That car weighs almost a thousand pounds more than Boogie. A thousand pounds. So don't get me wrong. Modern cars can make boatloads of horsepower. I get it. It's awesome. But it also has to carry around a ton more weight. Now, that's that. This goes on to street cars and stuff too. It, no matter what, acceleration comes down to power to weight ratio. Okay, how much? More, and, and and the 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 less your car weighs, the more horsepower it makes, the faster it's going to go. It, it is really, really that simple. Now, I'm not saying you can't make absolutely boat tons of freaking horsepower in this M2 and or the Supra and or anything else even the new WRX is kind of heavy um at, i want to say they're like 34 okay um but an older car a, a bug eye was 3050 3050 stock okay and with a couple of modifications you're going over 300 uh, 3000 pounds with not having to kill yourself, you can keep it under 3,000 pounds, or like a, like a GD chassis STI, you can keep it at or real near 3,000 pounds without having to kill yourself. Um, and so, yeah, it, let's say it costs so much to make 400 horsepower, and this M2 you can make 550 and whatever. I, you'd be really surprised at how close they really are if driven correctly.
1: So, I'm
0: super biased. So, and I mean, yeah, <laughs> you may think you make more from bigger engines. This is heavy metal WRX in the chat. You may think that they make more because of bigger engines, but they weigh more. So you need more power and weight. So it goes, so, um, the 22 WRX premium weighs 33 tenths, So that's 300 more pounds. Um, which is, that's, that's actually, that's about right. You figure it doesn't have Brembos. It doesn't have an R-180. It doesn't have the STI style six speed, yeah, that would be about right then. Um so
1: it's just a
0: lot of these new vehicles, they seem you you they you look at the specs and you're like this is incredible, but they have to do all these insane things. Now the other thing you have to think about is with weight, there's acceleration is just one part of this, okay? So again, this goes back to a streetcar. Um, if you're driving around on the street, this stuff that I'm about to say really matters with a 3,800 pound car like this BMW, you now either have to have crazy huge tires to be able to stop it and accelerate the way you want, or you're going to have to use really grippy tires, which are going to wear quicker and you're going to need big brakes with big pads. The upkeep costs of heavier cars is just more. This is why people like Miatas. This is why I like BRZs naturally aspirated for track use. It's dirt cheap. The tires are small. The brakes are small. The weight's small. So the price is small. You can just get tons of laps, have a great time. I'm having a good time on the street. I'm not shredding tires. I'm not shedding brakes. I'm getting decent gas mileage, though. Modern cars, I bet you this BMW still gets... 25, 30 miles a gallon, something like that. Um, When your car is lighter, your engine has to work less, gas mileage comes into play too. Uh, Gas mileage like heavy metal WRX, it's definitely a play there. Newer cars with direct injection, um, small displacement, turbochargers, things like that, they can do a lot for you. But there's something to be said about an older car that weighs practically nothing. Uh, a A CRX HF from like... 89 or something like that those things can be driven to like 70 miles to the gallon that was way before the prius was even a twinkle in toyota's eye okay and those things could get crazy good gas mileage on poo gas um you didn't need to plug it into anything it just worked um so there there's that happy medium there you really have to ask yourself what do i want out of this car Um, and, and what would make me happy if it's, if it's driving for an experience and not to impress anybody. Um, I'm, I'm willing to believe you'd be happier in an older car. Um, mod what you have, or if you're thinking about a project instead of maybe looking at a new BMW, maybe go, why don't I pick up an old STI and play with that? Pick up an old bug eye. Let's pick up a GC. Hell, There's even a thought into picking up uh, an older BRZ and just getting wild with it. Um, What do we got? Don't forget. Look at the Civic Si pre-turbos. They almost always got 37. Yep. And and that's one of the things, you know, yes, it's a very Subaru biased show, um, but we're going to wander into Honda land here because a bunch of us were Honda guys. I loved that about Hondas. I love that Honda carved out this niche of high horsepower high performance four cylinders that were NA. I loved it. And it was it was something I always really respected. It made the cars a ton of fun. You know, they were a riot to drive. That VTEC changeover was a, it was just great. And a lot of things made them have to change from that. Um but I I wish I wish they would have stuck with that formula. I really do. I wish instead of them trying to make bigger cars, which is unfortunately the route they went, so they needed more torque to move people around, I wish they would have really leaned into, let's keep these things light. I wish they would have taken the, uh, what was it, the CRV, Not the CRV. Um What was that little gopher-looking car that looked like a CRX? What the heck was that thing? Not the CRX, the one that was kind of recently. Um, What was that car called? It's going to kill me. Um, Maybe it was a hybrid one.
1: Um, Man, that's going to bug me. I can't
0: figure out what that was. But I I wish Honda would have put a K-Series in that and just sold it as a CRX. I think it would have been great. I think people would have bought the crap out of it. It was a little two door front wheel drive. You know, it it weighed quite a bit more than a CRX did back in the day, but it was about as light as you could make a modern car and still pass all the crash standards. I think it would have sold great. You know, um, that's, that's where my brain's at. I, I don't know. Um, you guys let me know if I'm I'm totally off base here, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, like it, a Honda Fit, but not a Honda Fit. I don't remember what the hell. A CRZ, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And then called it the CRX. Yeah, the CRZ, if they would have put a K20 in that, would have been great. Um, it it would have sold like crazy. They wouldn't have been able to keep it on the lot. And then uh, Honda, through Acura, totally missed the mark on the Integra. Had no idea what made the Integra fun. I just I I I really think that com- I think a lot of companies are really lost on why these cars were popular when they were popular, and why they are having issues speaking to the current demographic. Because all the cars are huge, and none of them are cheap, fun, and this is why the BRZ is a riot. But it's it's the only one. It's it's and you know you're going to have a very hard time That's it's really the only car in the market like that. And then people are going to go, well, why doesn't it sell like hotcakes? Well, because it's the only one. (laughs) Um, that's, that's an old Audi. I, I dig it. Um, you know the old adage, horsepower sells car, regular people don't understand anything else or want to know. And you're right. You are right. And it, it was like that back in the day. And it is it is like that today. Horsepower sells cars. And horsepower is cheap
1: these days. Horsepower is very cheap these days. I, I wish we'd get something like I
0: think something that's missing in the world is a TV show like Top Gear again. Integra Type R equals P. Yeah, that, that area, I agree. Civic Type R, Integra Type R, that, the, the 90s Type R cars. Yeah, a good Top Gear, I agree. I think something, because people don't read magazines anymore. Car and drivers, you know, zero to 60 times used to sell cars like crazy. Like people could look past horsepower if their zero to 60 time was nuts. And if you looked at a lot of, um, cars during that time period, in fact, almost all cars during that, that, that test became so important that manufacturers were actually changing the gear ratios of cars. So there was only one shift you know you had first one shift to second to make 60 miles an hour even if the car was slower that way that's one of the things i really appreciated about Subaru and one of the reasons i bought a Subaru is you had to shift twice to get the to sec- or to get to 60 and it hurt the 0 to 60 but the car actually performed better due to it um there's a lot of good YouTube content out there that kind of gets in the realm of what the old Top Gear stuff did, but it is it is really not the same. But either way,
1: I mean, I could rant about this for
0: hours. If, it, if we're driving, um, you, you could pick up a new WRX, you can pick up a lot of these newer cars. I feel like some of them have lost their soul, okay um there's very few cars out there that manage to maintain some of that, but I think a lot of these cars have really lost their soul, and uh they might perform way better um but they they there there is a certain degree of engagement that you're you're missing, especially the more disconnected you feel with what's going on on the outside um you know electric power steering has got a lot to do with that these new cars have tons of sound deadening a lot of them are piping in sound from the engine um or fake engine noises you're you're very disconnected and now so many of them are not coming with manuals that you as a driver are getting taken out of the experience too and now you're starting to run into electric cars are are making a, a big play, and I think we're we're. I'm actually kind of worried about like the the kids going through high school. They're gonna still have options, but man, I don't. My four year old, I I don't know what's gonna be a cool car to him if there's even such thing as a cool car to him.
1: So now we got to talk about. I think you kind of have four levels of cars here.
0: Okay. You have modern cars. Let's let's put Kells car um you know Supras uh that that BMW the a lot of these like really hyper modern do all sorts of badass things right out of the gate take you out of it C8 Corvette things like that, okay? That's going to definitely fall into modern. About as modern as it gets. Okay. Then you run into these quasi-modern cars, which they have some of the features. They're, they're either based on, they have a lot of the modern technology, um, but they, they're kind of this weird bridge. Okay. Um, they're this weird bridge. So. Let's say uh, the new Z, okay. The new Z is a good example. It's got uh, uh, one of the newer twin turbo uh, Nissan six cylinders, but it's basically a three hundred and seventy Z with that engine in it and a and a reskin. That's really what the car is, and and it's it's pretty straightforward and simple what that car is. Um, you could probably put C eight Vets in here or sorry c6 vet or c7 vets in here um you could put um i would say that the the lowest example of this on that scale would be the new wrx okay the new wrx would fall into that because it's still using the same basic stuff but it's got a newer direct injection engine but you are still rowing your gears um it's got some of the old, some of the new. The interiors are still, you know, they're they're quite a bit nicer. You have that, like, infotainment stuff in the center. There's a lot going on, okay? Then you take one more step back. This is where I'm going to put all STIs, okay? This is going to be, um, I don't know, more um, modern classic, I guess. I don't know what you would put this in. Um, this is going to be pretty much all STIs. The the older the STI you go, the more towards just straight-up classic car this goes. The newer the STI you go, the more this starts turning into uh, one of those quasi-modern cars. Um, long story short, the STI engine is from the 90s, okay? Um, but if you get one of the later model STIs, you still have nice audio. The interior's nice. Like, the gauges still feel pretty new- um but you're still dealing with like a strut suspension um you know port injection basic stuff like it, it the stuff that worked on the old cars works on the new cars but you also have a lot of the nice stuff um uh, but with a lot of the nice stuff comes a lot of the nice problems like the car is heavier um you might run into some cooling issues it's physically kind of large uh so that's when you start I think we're going to actually have to make a, a full one more thing back here. Now you're going to have to run into um, what unfortunately is starting to make me feel aged. Um, and it, we're going to have to straight up call a classic car um, or a uh, older generation old tech. Maybe old tech is a good good term for this. This is where you're going to stick your GCs. You probably put your bug eyes in here. Okay. Old tech cars. Um, I'd say nineties Hondas would fall into this. Um, and then you have a, a few cars that kind of bounce in between this. Let's say a C6 vet would be in between these two. Um, you have, uh, you know, 350 Zs. Um, you'd probably put a lot of your twin turbo cars, um, from the nineties in here. This is going to be nineties and two thousands S cars. Um, I would also say early BRZs actually fall into this. They feel like 90s cars. They are super basic. That's one of the appeals to them. Um, But they do have some modern issues. So they are direct injection. They do have electronic power steering. You know what? We're just going to throw that into that quasi-modern thing. Um, So, or actually, what was that? Modern classic. And now we're going, I don't know. Either way. So then you you run into that time frame. Um, The problem with these cars is they have a lot of the old car problems. Most of them are running pretty standard suspension designs, like on a GC or a GD. It's all struts. Um, Tire fitment might not be the greatest. Um, These cars' chassis are getting old. The interiors are kind of crap. The advantages to this is you don't, you're going to be more in tune with the car, the the car, your driving experience. This is when the, the kind of the height of driver experience and technology helping the driver experience versus technology, almost taking the driver out of it. Um, Right in this area is where you would get, it, it, unfortunately, these cars are getting older. And they're they're gonna take some work to keep up with these modern cars. Um and it's gonna take a good amount of work. Um and they're gonna take more maintenance. And in some cases, parts are even getting harder to find. Um, so it 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 can it could be rough. These are cars that are gonna take work and some extra love and some understanding. Um but they're they're rewarding. Um, and the advantage is you kind of have, we're going to go into, I don't know, ancient ultra classic. I don't know what you want to call it, but stuff before this time, um, you start running into issues with getting a lot of the things that weren't just. The the nice thing about your 90s classic cars is they still had things like ABS. A lot of them had power windows, you know, um, you still had, they, they weren't afraid to use a turbocharger. Um, chassis design actually was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't like it was in the two thousands, but it was better. Um, when you go prior to the nineties, that's when stuff starts getting real rough. This is subarus or anything but it's just almost in general you the chances you have an abs real low all right the amount of work it's going to take to make that thing modern fast real low um it's gonna cost it's gonna cost it's gonna be a lot of effort so here's the next thing i want to say is well dewey you have this old shit box how come you're keeping up with all these people or you know, some of the fastest drag Subarus are from the 90s and 2000s. You know, there's all sorts of... These cars are fast, whatever. Now, if you have a level of expertise, there is an aftermarket solution to almost everything. Okay? So you can take an old 90s shitbox, and you can make it perform with just about anything on the planet. But... the There's... Instead of the factory having figured that stuff out, you need to figure it out. And there is a fix for almost anything. Let's be real. Subaru ABS, especially old Subaru ABS, is total shit. There's aftermarket ABS out there, though. But getting it to work, that's its own animal, okay? Newer engine management, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, Flex fuel built into a lot of these cars, super cool. Modern turbo technology, awesome. But you have to implement that into an older car. Some of it takes custom work. Some of it just costs a lot of money. Then you're talking custom tuning. And then, so the further you go into the aftermarket, the less of a chance you're going to be able to do things like pass emissions. (laughs) So um, there's there's a balance to be had here. But there is a way to accomplish almost anything with an older car um versus a newer car but it's going to take a level of expertise and there's it's going to take a a, a it's going to take a a special touch to make that happen so it's rough um i'll be the first one to tell you it's rough but i wouldn't trade this car for anything um, But things I'm looking into right now are throwing all the wiring out, which already kind of was thrown out, but throwing it out again. Um, looking into a Volvo power steering, like electric power steering unit. I mean, these, if you really think about how crazy some of this shit sounds, it's all for a 90s shitbox. And then looking into some form of aftermarket ABS, whether it be ripping it out of a BMW. Or looking into something like Rob Dom did with one of those continental setups or a Bosch setup, um an aftermarket ABS unit would be uh would be huge. And and you can do these things with with these old cars, or you can just live with that problem. It really is it worth it to you? What do you want out of this? You know, again, this has kind of turned into a rant. I knew this was gonna turn into a rant. But what do you want out of this? Um can I agree? what did he say? Um I'd like to look at it objectively. What did where did that start? I believe it's more for a different audience. We have such more diverse group of buyers and companies still want to sell cars. Everyone has to adapt and it's difficult I work in IT and know what change is like and people don't like it. Yes, people hate change. It's the truth. But I think there's ways you can do hybrid versions of that. Again, the BRZ is a perfect example of that. Um, But then again, I don't think the BRZ is hitting the correct audience. I think people who would love the BRZ are not looking at the BRZ because they're like, well, it only makes 200 horsepower. You know, and they, it, it's actually the perfect car for them. Um, about nerding out, but we only deal with stuff two to four years out. And out of 20 people that work for me, three or four actually care if some rare cool car comes in. Okay. Um, analog cars, non drive by wire. Yep. I'm, uh, drive by wire has got advantages and disadvantages too. Um, Yeah. So drive by wire has its advantages and disadvantages too. A lot of the newer technology in a lot of cases you can actually adapt into newer cars. Um which is, is really cool. Things like drive by wire, um, you know, modern ABS, uh, newer turbo technologies, um, you know, different fuel types, things of that nature. A lot of that stuff you can you can bring in. Um and there's there's really cool stuff that you can do with that. But it's not like it just exists. I can tell you what, if you got money and you don't want to tinker, um a a modern car will save you a lot of a lot of terror. So when do I get to be in the driver's seat of boogie? Nope.
1: Nice try. If anybody else is getting in the driver's seat of boogie,
0: it's Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan has his ass reserved for that. He's he's earned it. Um, I don't know. I'd like to hear some of you guys' thoughts. I feel like this was a bit of a ramble. Um, I don't know if this was um a hundred percent cohesive and made any sense. Um, it's something that I I think people really need to assess and decide what they want out of their cars, though. And I, I this is. This is one of those come-to-Jesus talks that you kind of have to have with yourself um, before you dive into this. I truly believe that it is more rewarding to build something fast than buy something fast. But I am not everybody. And there is something to be said about what how much people are willing to put up with as far as building something fast. Because if you are building something fast, let's be real, the project never ends. If you buy something fast, it kind of is what it is. And But the beauty of that is you've hit the finish line. And now you can just go and enjoy it. Um.
1: Acri, invite to speak. Done. Hello, champ. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Not too bad.
0: Hold on. I got to put my headphones on so I can hear you. There we go.
2: I'm, so, I'm approving test reports. I saw on Facebook as I did a brief scroll that you were going to talk about this. So I'm like, I'll join in. I'll see what he's got to say today.
0: Honestly, you're the perfect person to have on here, man. Because <laughs> you're 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 an example of buying a modern car to go fast and and being successful with that. You know, and, and the ups and downsides of it. Because not that like you didn't run some decent times in your street mod car. And I think you could have got there. I really do. But, you know, you, you, I think you have the correct car for track mod.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, we talked about it right earlier in the season before it even started. There was no tires available for track mod. I still have all these street mod tires. And I'm like, I'll just run it and street mod it. And all of a sudden, tires became available. And I'm like, let's see what this thing can really do. So the issue, So the 600, I think, was a really good fit. If you don't want to tinker like you were talking about, even a 570, I would say, you don't want to tinker with it. You can get them. They're slightly more than, you know, like Cal's cars, but it's in the same realm. Yeah. Plus or minus a couple $20,000, right?
0: Um, Which if you're talking about $100,000, $110,000, you know, something like that, an extra $20,000 in that situation isn't much different, yeah. which is crazy because if you, you talk to a Subaru owner about an extra $20,000, they vomit.
1: <laughs>
0: but when you're talking a $100,000 car, an extra $20,000 percentage yep. wise really isn't that much.
2: So the reason I didn't get the 720 originally is I drove one of my buddy's 720s, and it had uh, 1250 at the wheel. And it was absurd. You <laughs> well, couldn't even drive the thing. You couldn't even drive it. Um, so I was like, nope, I'll get a 600. A few of us got 600s. We had All of us had GT3 RSs before. One got a 600, and then he was faster than everybody, so then we all switched to 600s. Um, and then I kind of wore that out. My thing is, is it has to do multiple things. It has to be able to essentially daily drive. So I put on... 3,000 miles, supercar rallies, it has to be able to do that and go to the track and be one of the fastest there, right? Yep. So, I mean, I have the 720, I have a full caged, supercharged E92 BMW M3 that makes 600 horse, and then the Omni as well. And I'm different, I think, than most, most supercar owners, so with the 600, the only thing you could do is really swap the wheels on it. Everything else was set. Anytime I tried to do something, I showed up with a GT4 wing on the back of it. It cost seven grand, and I melted it at Gingerman Midwest Fest last year. 7000 yeah. like thrown in the trash. Um, and then I looked at the data, and the times and everything was exactly the same as it was stock. I'm like this is absurd i'm just wasting it, money on this That's thing.
0: actually one of the downsides to yep. like one of these especially like a supercar or even a lot of these more modern cars is so much engineering went into making you know that insane thing do what it's doing that you're you're kind of playing you're, you're kind of you're you're messing around with math you don't understand. You know what I mean? Correct. You're 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 out here trying to play checkers when it 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 was 40 chess that built this car.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I don't know many people that have a wind tunnel sitting in their backyard, right? Exactly. But, so then the 720 came up for sale and basically it was a direct swap. So the 600s really rare um 400 cars in the world or something like that. So yeah. it was just a a straight swap over. Well, the 720 has more tire, more camber, active arrow, same weight, more power, more everything. So I'm like, oh, this is the obvious choice. Let's get it. And so I used it at Lime Rock and Heartland last year. um And at Lime Rock, it was on like terrible old AO52s. And I can't even remember what it was. I think I ran like a 56 or something.
0: Yeah, you were still getting around, but I yeah, were, it wasn't. You said was, you were fighting it pretty good.
2: I mean, I looped it in the first turn on the first lap in
0: front of everybody. <laughs> I mean, it happens. I bet Literally, I literally happened. loaded
2: the card, never drove <laughs> it, went right to Lime Rock. Um, so, but I like to tinker. So, like I said, I'm different than most. So I'm like, I'm trying to put like old shitbox mentality into this new thing. And so over the winter last year I spent 40 grand on carbon fiber arrow. And to be honest, the only reason I went to Heartland this year is because it was the only place because the motor blew at Road America. Yeah. Like couldn't go to Lime Rock.
0: So I I just want to put this into perspective too. And this isn't I I I know this is kind of a pain point for you, but I I I need I kind of I need people to understand this. Just because you spend A lot of money on a car does not mean failures don't happen. Failures still happen. And I tell you what, they can be really painful when you you are talking a very expensive car. They come with very expensive engines. Do you mind sharing how much you paid for your engine that you had to put in that car?
2: Yeah, so I bought a crate motor from McLaren. So brand new turbos, everything. Basically, they dropped the motor. Disconnect all the lines, connect it back to the trans, put it right back up, and then done. So that was eighty-five grand.
0: Yeah, eighty-five thousand dollars. Now, now I wanna I wanna put this out here. That was a new turbo. That was everything. When a Subaru fails, more than likely we aren't replacing the turbo. Okay. Yep. So i if if we were to go through and like replace the turbo kit. With uh, you know, um, uh, an engine failure of some sort, like on my car, I'm not going to replace the turbo kit. But I had a pretty nasty engine failure. If I were to go through and replace the turbo kit and the dry sump and the, everything else, my engine would not be the price of a a long block on our site. My engine would be re- like forty thousand dollars, you know. Sure. It, 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 and yours. So when you look at it like that, you have twice the cylinders, and it's a McLaren. There's a lot to that. Like that's, that's just, you know, it, in, in all reality, that's how much that stuff would cost. And, and so you got everything. So it's a little different and it's not fair. It's, it's really not an apples and oranges comparison. It's not like you got a short block for 80 grand. That's not what that was. You know,
2: it's not. And what's weird is like, um, so talking with the mechanic, He's like, this is what's happening. People are blowing up their 720 motors. So basically, people think the 720 is just a straight line drag car. It just annihilates everything. I mean, you saw what it did last year on 285s, not warming up the tires at Heartland. It just annihilates everybody. Yeah, and it's class. But then nobody ever, like, there's three of us that bring it to the track. So it's me, Andy Hollis, and one guy in California. Yep. And um so everybody thinks that it's just this drag car. Well, all these guys tune it, they blow it up, they bend rods, like it's well documented. Um, so there's more blown up seven twenty motors than there is the older motors, which people are wrecking. So they're destroying the car. So you can get an old and by old, you could get a last year's three point eight on eBay for like twenty grand for a McLaren. Yeah. But a a 4.0, which is only in the 720, 765 and Senna is like $50,000. So why would you ever buy an eBay motor when for 10 grand more, 15 grand more, you can get a brand new McLaren sealed zero mile built right, built by Ricardo motor as if it's from the factory. Like it doesn't make sense. Um, So yeah, it's very weird on what's available, who's doing what, and what's going where motor-wise. And I know there's a couple guys that we collectively know that are getting into rebuilding McLaren motors. Um, one of the guys, a former Subaru guy, I believe. Um, yeah. So, And that was an option, too. And that might have been the best option in the long run, but that was 150 k but with a five-year warranty. And built to make thirteen hundred horsepower.
0: Yeah, which and I mean
2: that car you doesn't. Ask
0: yourself, need. does that make any sense? No, you mm-hmm. don't need that. Your car is a freaking bullet, and that is coming from somebody who drives a bullet. Yep.
2: <laughs> it is. Yeah, I was it looking at. Fast. I was looking at the speed up over Alpha. I don't know what you were doing. I don't know if we ever compared. But I didn't hit the brakes into alpha until I was all the way up over the hill and it was doing hundred and sixty-two.
0: I I think I was in the one fifties there, which is moving. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And but I had to hit the brakes quite a bit earlier too. I don't have the tire to slow it down. Yeah. I don't have anywhere near the modern ABS you do. And you're also a class higher than me. So I would expect you to be going a little quicker.
2: Yeah, which is weird. So I kept looking at the data last year versus this year, I was only four tenths faster but last year i was on brand new re71 rs's and this year i was on really old supercar three rs so maybe about the same maybe i don't know the issue with the 720 and street mod was it would just blow the rear tires off you could only get one lap in the rear tires would be gone
0: that's kind of what i want to get at and and like depending on what you're let's talk about street mod or just any sort of performance situation in general. What'll happen with a lot of these modern vehicles, especially with rules that are written for older cars, is it forces you to kind of put that car in a a situation that it wasn't designed to be in. And that was the I think the biggest issue with your you trying to run street mod with the other car. Is I just yep. think it was in a position, it was in a situation that it was not designed to excel in so it's trying to do something it really wasn't built to do and that's not and i also that's that's kind of like my whole thing about um you know the the topic today was some of these modern cars are getting put in situ especially with with rule sets the way they are a lot of these modern cars run into problems like that especially if they need to run crazy wide tires or whatever i don't think like, there's rumors that like Jackie is going to bring that M4 into street modified. And I, I get nothing against Jackie, who has done amazing things and proven mm-hmm. me wrong many times before. But that car is still 3,800 pounds. His will be and, lighter, I'm sure. And he's, he's, I don't think a 285 is going no. to work on that.
2: No, and I, I fully agree. I also, I mean, I think that thing's 305, 325 from the factory.
0: Something like so, that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So now you're shaving four centimeters of width off the back tires, right? Which mm-hmm. probably isn't that big of a deal, but the front's huge. It's a front yeah. engine car. Yeah. All the a lot of the weight is up there. So the front's gonna be the big factor. I mean, in my E ninety two, when I run my squared three oh five setup and I drop down to a two hundred eighty five, it's almost two seconds slower, I German.
0: That isn't that crazy? It's you know, and that is wild. So, this is what happens when you modern cars are built a particular way with a whole lot of math, okay? And they do amazing things when they're in the situation that they're supposed to be in. But because you're taking something insane and almost trying to detune it to do something that you want it to do, it actually puts it a lot further out than people think. Where, when you take something older and then essentially modify it up, it's easier to fit in whatever shape box you need to put it in.
1: Yep. So, and I don't know if I don't know if Cal would be more.
0: I think Cal not, is also saying, kind of putting himself it's, it's into a, a weird, weird thing. thing too. Yeah, I yeah. think I think one of the problems Cal's going to run into, and I think a lot of modern cars run into. Even Jackie was having issues. With taking steps like this, is you you're gonna take a a modern, nice car and you have to be willing to hack it up. And I don't think they're gonna be willing to take the steps that are needed in that car to do what needs to be done, you know. And I think you run into that a lot with modern vehicles where they have nice sound deadening and you know they've got a nice radio that's connected to all sorts of shit. And are you really willing to, you know, strap a splitter on it, poke a bunch of holes in places and hack your bumpers up and, sure. you know, gut this and throw that out? And like, then what was the purpose in that vehicle anyway? And then at one point, you're going to get down to a, a just this is a raw car, okay? Yep. Now you've got to go, which chassis made more sense, the one that started really light or the one that started really heavy? Because in the end, we're probably about the same.
1: Sure.
2: No, I fully agree. I mean, the McLaren, you know, there's a reason I chose that car. I mean, it, it weighs essentially nothing by modern standards with, you know, probably the sleekest design you could have. And it's absolute rocket ship. I mean, it's it's the I've driven tons of supercars, borderline hypercars. I've driven, and it is the rawest, the rawest of all of these. Like you drive a modern Ferrari, it's nothing like a McLaren. A McLaren is so drastically different than any of them. Um, it's just so raw. There's no there's no LSD in the back. It's doing all of this weird torque management with the brake uh, with the rear brakes. It's doing all this stuff unbeknownst to you, and then if you want that off, you literally just hit one button, and it's like, "Good luck! Don't kill yourself."
0: We're all counting I mean, on you. One of the one of the problems with that, though, is you you could totally like you changing wheel tire setups, you adding a wing, things like that, yep. could totally screw the math up on what's going on there.
2: Oh yeah. So yep. Andy Hollis and I talk a lot. Like if you so. This will probably blow your mind. The 720 comes with a 235 front tire. Oh, so that's really teeny.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: We run 265s and they rub, but if you don't change the rear tire size with it, the car goes into limp mode. Because, because the, of
0: like wheel speed difference?
2: Yep. Yeah, the wheel speed difference is more than four percent. And so it starts going into this weird limp mode where you have power and then as soon as it gets to 55 miles an hour it like upshifts to 6 gear and then you're just for a slow crawl. Like it's so <laughs> bizarre on what they decided was
0: acceptable. <laughs> yep, And that's the sort of stuff that modern cars, especially newer modern cars, you got to fight. And it's it's kind of one of the things I kind of appreciate about the fact that Subaru hasn't and for why they haven't done what it updated much um is is honestly I believe is more of a they just couldn't afford it. But uh or they're just being cheap asses trying to maximize profits or whatever, but the, the the byproduct of that is we don't deal with a lot of that stuff, and that is that is something where we've been kind of shielded from. But man, it is no joke. <laughs> like it, it is some serious growing pains, and you guys got to deal with some really weird stuff. Yeah. And if you're gonna try something new, you're gonna try to pioneer something. They're gonna try to take something to the next level. There is so much unforeseen weird stuff that you guys have to deal with like that.
2: Yeah, I do believe there's, like, a happy medium somewhere in there, sure. you know. Maybe it's, I don't know, early 2000s where you can still easily adapt to a lot of the new stuff, and it's not, you still have a decently light chassis um, or vehicle overall with a much more rigid, like, the issue yep. with the Omni, like, That's if an 86- if had no... It's, a 85. it's an 80s Turn
0: box let's be real yeah.
2: the issue with it is is like you if it has no cage it's just like a wet noodle yes. behind the engine like it i'm pretty sure if you jacked it up underneath the driver's seat it would bend in half and just collapse
0: it, it, so my my gc is is a full decade newer okay so it got 10 years more development and it 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 looks a bit more modern. It has some more modern-esque stuff to it. But if I didn't have a cage in it, it wouldn't be much different. But then you hit the early 2000s with Subaru, so like bug eyes, things like that. There mm-hmm. was, it was right in that time frame where chassis design, the manufacturers really put a lot into building a much better chassis. And it is night and day how much better a GD chassis is than a GC. If my car wasn't caged, it would be shit.
2: Yeah. I remember when Barge got his uh 2004 X, and I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest card. We were all had like SHOs and SVT contours. I'm like...
0: Yeah, so that you're... thing had to have been like a spaceship to you at that point.
2: <laughs> I'm like, you are so much cooler than us. Like, oh my God, please show us the way.
0: Yes. Barge is a cool guy. I really like him. Yeah, yeah. So... so yeah, no, I, I'm. It, it's cool getting your perspective on this because you're at, literally at the, the bleeding peak of one end of what can go wrong going the other way. And, uh, and I think that,
2: yeah, and I think, you know, I think uh, Amick might have said something at Midwest Fest where, I mean, at the time, a lot of you jinxed me there because the car was perfectly fine there and then the next event, not so much.
0: Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were cursing um, you a bit <laughs> cuz we um, had we had a rough event, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, we're probably if you really look at it overall cost-wise, we're probably in the same
0: I bet you we're really similar overall cost. It's it, it overall costs, I bet you were really similar. Your cost of entry obviously is significantly higher. Sure. Um, but it, I I bet you it, the amount of time I've been using my car um, I bet you were pretty. We're not too far off. Um, yeah, and I you mean, know it there's... costs a lot to develop what I did with this to get to where it's at. Yep. And you had McLaren engineers who are all significantly smarter than all of us, you know, and trickle down F1 technology and shit. Um, you know, it, do a lot of it for you, but you're still we're we're both still dealing with issues. I have a blown motor. You had a blown motor, and yep. if you change the size of your tires um you have to you have to know 40 math so
2: yeah, yeah yeah my aero guy just sent me a thing today he said uh we're working on this for you right now it's a wide body kit is this something you wanted i'm like i'm probably not even running this car next year like i am like dumping tons of money into a bmw for a gltc right now yes that's the, the so thing maybe- still hasn't started
0: You and I are going to – we're going to have a good time banging doors in the the not-too-distant future in that class, I think.
2: I feel like somebody asked me. I think maybe it was Robbie on 10 Tents. He was with me down at the last rally. I'm like, I feel like I proved what I wanted to prove to myself, I guess, to others, that people with these cars can use them, blah, 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 whatever, however you want to quantify it. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to dump a hundred grand into this thing to go mess around with Ferris. But like,
0: that's, that's where you're at. You know what I mean? And I that's another perfect example. Ferris dumped a hundred grand into his core of Ed. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, I gotta be real. I don't know how much longer I'll be messing with Boogie, but I, if, if somebody were to say, here's a hundred thousand dollar check for Boogie, mm-hmm. you know, I would know exactly where I'd spend it. I know right where it would go. I wouldn't, still yeah. wouldn't even leave the class, but I know exactly where it would go, you know, and I, I could tell you where I could spend a hundred thousand dollars, and, and that is, that's kind of terrifying.
2: I'd be lying <laughs> if I said I didn't. I'd be lying if I said I didn't entertain the idea of going to a few select races with street mod tires just because I have them next year, and just
1: be like, all right, let's see I how it should. goes.
0: Yep. I find mean, out. Walk around and find out, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> It so, would be a I good mean,
2: time. I think we're, especially at Gingerman. So I think we're, that place really is, is I, I fully agree that that place is like, really caters to the time attack of the country. Like it has everything that you could want in a time attack track.
0: It is perfectly balanced for a time attack track. It does like, every, it is perfect. It You need horsepower or yep. you're going to get your ass beat. Okay. Yep. You're you, it, a good arrow is going to go a really long way. Every, there is a, a part. Uh, I believe that track is every car can shine there and every car will show its ass there. And it's all yep. perfectly balanced. You, it, the, the more balanced, the better your car is overall. It will show there. You know, if you go to road America and you got a ton of horsepower and the rest of your car is shit, you can definitely still win just on horsepower. You can exactly. do that. Ad- Agreed. No,
2: nope. I mean, I know where the 720 gives up. So it's slow through eight. You can't do anything about it. it there's just not enough front tire. There's no. really not enough front tire, enough weight on the front I mean, of it. You're, it just you're gonna, starts understeering.
0: You will hemorrhage. Multiple seconds there that you have probably put on on you know boogie everywhere else where I've got boogie pretty sorted through there, and I can boogie or you end up with somebody's like you end up with like Jackie who's really had that that super dialed. I don't think if he had a legal front splitter, he'd been as fast through there but um if you know some of those cars will fly through there super k things like that will absolutely yeah, yeah. rip through that area rip through that area where they'll, they'll you know, they'll make all that time back up, you know? Yep. And yeah, and then,
2: like, the McLaren going up into 11, I think by the time I hit the brakes, I'm doing 164 Yep, into 11. Well, like, it's 20 miles an hour faster than some of these guys, you know? Yes.
1: Thankfully, they're it's not 20 miles an hour eight.
0: faster than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so, it's good. It, it, I mean, it...
0: it I just think it. This was this was a, a kind of a rant I've wanted to have for a while, and I, I I'm super stoked to have you on here and kind of um, go back and forth with this because this is one of those things. This has turned into a significantly longer podcast than I had hoped it would be, but um, this this is one of those comparisons. There's uh, positives and negatives both ways, okay, and and y- there is a belief by some that you can just you you could literally go buy a modern car you like do a flash tune to it and throw some good tires and mop the floor and and you have proven that that's not how that works and there's a lot more to the situation and then there's another group of people who think you can take an old shitbox, box throw 50 grand at it and beat anything on the planet and that's also sure. not true Um, and there, there's a lot more to that and a whole level of expertise that people just really don't take. There's, there's so much development that has to happen in both directions, but both ways are valid. It's really just, what do you want out of it? Um, but this is, I, I get hit with this a lot, man. Subarus are old junk, but there, you know, we, we can still hang with it. You know, and and this is why I, I, I really love these cars, um, because we can we can hang. We've proven that we can hang. So yeah, and I
2: think I think one of the other things, there's two other things I think that are probably don't come to the forefront of people's minds is one, how much are you? I mean, this is an inherently a dangerous sport. I mean, knock on yep. wood, we it both is. had we both had fire issues this year. We both yeah came across relatively. Unaffected except for, you know, financially from this. We're going
0: Looney Tunes fast, both of us.
2: Yep, exactly. So, but then those are nothing in the grand scheme of things. If something really went wrong, I'm risking a $300,000 car that I don't put track insurance on because it's $3,000 a day to put insurance on it. And then they don't even kick in until there's 45 grand of damage. Yes. So it's like pointless, like, let's be realistic.
0: Like, And, and then I I, I'm on the complete opposite spectrum of that. Yep. If I put track insurance on my car, it, let's say I put $100,000 track insurance on my car. They're going to fight you that, the whole time. I will, I will fight it for years to get a quarter yep. of what I have into this car. I'll never
2: get it on. Because there. they're
0: yep. going to look at it and they're going to go, that's a 95 and present no matter which way we yep. look at it.
2: They're going to be like, what kind of scam so, is this guy pulling?
0: On both sides of this we're going to lose out in track insurance. Yep. So there's something to be said about buying a fricking Corvette.
2: And then the other thing is for sure. No, I totally agree. <laughs> and don't do anything to it. Just do the, yeah, E-do just thing. buy a Corvette, nothing it, to it. put some
0: tires on it, drive the damn car.
2: Yep. And then there's always a the thing is what works for you as a driver, right? Yes. Maybe you're a better driver of front wheel drive cars or all wheel drive cars or rear. I had a GT3 RS. I mean, I was quick I don't feel like I was the fastest gt three RS driver in the country by any sense of the imagination. Right. Um,
0: A lot of this is, are you a good driver and can you adapt too? but yeah, I agree.
2: So I think a lot of, I think a lot of times people put a lot of, they, they purchase a car and start building a car based on their perceived attachment to it that they want to have attachment to. Right. Like, Bringing Barge back in, do you really think a uh, Forester XT's the ideal choice to build a street mod car? Probably not. No, god no it's damn, not a, that big it's cool. Not,
0: it is cool <laughs> as shit. He's got so much. Oh my god, yeah, I'm gonna be salivating over so much of that car. It is the wrong car for, for sure. Anything performance oriented, it's wrong.
2: <laughs> but it's badass.
0: It's so cool. So badass. This is a guy. It, uh, I, let's put this in a perspective. This is a guy who who races a McLaren, and then a dude who just won a street mod championship in a GC, talking about a Forester that. Ooh, let's be real. If it ever gets a podium, it's going to be amazing. And we're yeah. both going. That shit is cool. I mean, <laughs> so will... this entire conversation <laughs> that we have had this entire time, none of it means shit. We both want the Forester.
2: <laughs> yeah, basically. What do I got to do to buy this thing? I remember he had a black one that he bought off one of our other buddies. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I should just buy this as a daily. And then in my brain, I'm like, it's going to end up exactly like his thing because there's no way I'm going to let him outperform me in a Forester when I have a Forester. Yes. I'm like, nope, I don't need this. I don't need this in my life.
0: That's but too funny. It's gonna be sick, and like i i I wish him the best of luck with that. honestly, I almost want to have him on the show and talk about what possesses a psychopath to You're go sure? this hard on something that let's be real. The chances of you it, like if he ever ekes a podium out, we're gonna lose our shit. like <laughs> we're carrying him to the podium for third, okay <laughs>
2: if he if he if he gets a podium or is even in the running and I'm not there, I'm gonna have to private jet it just to be there.
0: Dude, we're spraying like. champagne. We're losing <laughs> our shit. Like, even if I win that event, we're we're going yeah. hard for his third place. Okay. That's all that matters. We're we're hanging pirate flags. We're doing the whole thing. Okay.
1: Yep. Well, <laughs> It'll agree. be
0: so sick. All right, man. I gotta Alrighty. end this thing. This awesome I am super, super stoked to have you on. Maybe I'll have you on again. We can chat about something like this again, but I I'm I'm happy you jumped on and chatted with us. Again, this is a very yeah. super oriented podcast, but it's cool to hear the other side of this in That's a completely cool. different perspective. And I, I, I appreciate it, man.
2: Yeah. Thanks for chatting. And I will uh, see you Mr. Street mod champion at the podium.
0: Yes, you too. Uh, Mr. Track mod champion. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go get our trophies and run around PRI like a bunch of idiots. It's going to be great. Exactly.
1: All right. I'll <laughs> talk to you soon.
0: See ya, bud. Bye. All right, guys, um, we're going to call it at that. That was a lot of fun. I'm happy Jason managed to get on. That was that was fun. Um, it really, the in the grand scheme of things, in the very end, you really heard what it, this whole rant is about. None of this matters. Build what you want to build. Um, we're more than happy to support you either way. And uh, this should be fun in the end. Uh, we had this whole conversation about the ups and downs, rights and wrongs and whatever, and none of it means shit. None of it means shit. Build what you want to build. If if you're trying to win, it, it, you you should enjoy it. Okay? That's really what this is. This hobby should always be about enjoying what it is. And I will tell you, it is, uh, it's, it's always, it, if you build it, it, winning with a shit box is always, uh, sweeter. <laughs> It just is. Let me tell you. All right. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. I will see you next week. Do us a favor. If you've listened this long in the end, please share the podcast. Share the podcast. It really does. Even if it's just my post on Facebook, share it. It goes a long way. I'll have this thing up live here soon, but that Spotify link, Um, get it around, get it to people. Let's get this in more hands. Let's keep having fun. And uh, we'll see you next week. See
1: you guys.